Today's daf is daf Chavtes, page 59 in Mesechus Beya, and we pick up from the Mishnah on the bottom of Chavches Amr Beis, 28b, two lines from the bottom, and the Gemara is continuing on with various halachas of Yamtiv, particularly teaching us that no sort of, um, the word's not transaction, but no sort of arrangements should be made on Yom Tif, which can which gives off a message that this is some sort of business transaction. Okay, so any transactions that need to be done should Davka should specifically be done in a way where it doesn't seem like it's a business deal. Here we go. Two lines at the bottom. A person shouldn't say to a butcher on Yom Tif, you know, Please wait for me a dinner of meat. A dinner was a value. Avo, but rather, Rather, the butcher has an animal shechted, and then he just divides it amongst the people. Now, it's very important to keep in mind that apparently this is what was done. The way, the way that people would sell meat before refrigeration is they would take pre-orders. They say, okay, you want this part of the body, you want that part of the body. Whenever there was enough people, pulled together that were interested in uh, they were interested in a cow the butcher would go and shecht it so a person should not say to a butcher on Yom Tif wait for me a specific amount rather what should the butcher do have the animal shechted divide it up and deal with the money later Zok the Gemara practically speaking what was done says the Gemara we now turn to today's daf they said in the surah Tartu palgu tarta. They would take a tarta or half of a tarta. These were specific types of meat, cuts of meat. They would only talk about the cuts of meats. You say, listen, I want a shoulder roast. That's okay. If you ask a butcher for a shoulder roast, that's peseder. The same way somebody would talk to his friend in that way, when there's no transaction, you're allowed to speak to a butcher in that way. You just should stay away from specific weights and specific monetary numbers. Also, part of the, the meat. These are just different words, different ways that they would talk. Each man to his friend, referring to parts of the body while staying away, refraining from getting involved in the actual weight of what is being handed to me from the butcher or the value. Okay? Let's keep going. Next mission. Keeping on this topic of how to receive something on Yom Tif in a permitted way. I'm Radim Lechaveri, says the Mishnah. Person's allowed to say this friend, Mali Klizet. Please fill this up for me. All right? So, I, 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 you know, there's a guy who sells wine. I need wine for Kiddush. So on Yom Tif, I go over to him. I say, listen, fill up my pitcher. I don't say fill up my 64-ounce pitcher. I don't say fill up a gallon. Okay? Fill up a half gallon. What do I say? Fill up a pitcher. You don't give the measurement of it. If it's any vessel of a specific measurement, then you're not allowed to fill it up on Yontif because he's arguing with Danakam, and he says automatically, if you know the measurement of something, it doesn't matter what you say. Maisa Abishol ben Butnis is a story with Abishol ben Butnis. He was a big tzaddik. And the Tamil Chacham, 
a paisik, as we're going to see in the Gemara, he would make sure to fill up his midaisav, his measured out pitchers, prior to Yamtif, and he would give it to those who wanted to buy it from him on Yamtif. Rabbi Shol says, he was even makbid to do this on Cholomayr, because of what we call in our terms the fizz, right? When you pour a drink, especially Diet Coke, it fizzes to the top. So you think you got a full cup, but then when the fizz goes away, you're missing a little bit. So, um, so Abba Shol Ben Budnis was very, very careful. He's very makbid. He's a big, big tzaddik, very honest. He wanted to be sure that anybody who bought stuff from him got a completely full cup. Yeah, not a bag of potato chips that looks full but is taka empty. Right? You want to make sure it's taka full. And and um, we'll see in the Gemara, you know, uh, what measures he took to make sure that he wouldn't steal from anybody. This Abashol Ben Butnis, this had this wasn't a Yumtif thing or a or a Cholomite thing where he would fill up his measuring pitchers before he would sell it. This was done daily, Mipne Mitsoy Hamidis because of the lack that came about through the measures. For example, like we explained, right? When you pour it, the fizz goes to the top, and then all of a sudden, a few minutes later, it settles, and there's less. So the Chum say that you should know Abishol, but this was always Makbid every day. And we'll see exactly what that Hakpada is, you know, how how he made sure to uh, handle everything in an honest fashion. All right, let's tear apart this Mishnah, Zakagumar. We said in the Mishnah, a person's allowed to say to his friend, fill up this cleat, fill up this vessel for me, but you're not allowed to say the midah. Says the Gemara, You're not allowed to do with a measure. What does that mean? You're not allowed to use a measuring vessel, a vessel that's meant to measure with. But a cle that could be used for measuring, that was okay. Buddha's coming to argue and say, even if it's capable of being filled, uh, of being measured, you still should, he's being machmir, you still should not use it as measurements. Everybody agrees an official measuring vessel nisht. The question is, when you have a vessel, it's not officially, but you know it's a gallon, right? You know it's a half gallon, you know it's 16 ounces. What about that? Could you use that on yamtif? That's the machlekin. Alma gabi simchas yamtif, you see. When it comes to Simchas Yomtev, Rav Yudah L'chomer V'Rabbanan L'Kula. Rav Yehuda is being machmir. He says, you're not allowed to use the vessel. And the Rabbanan are being mekel when it comes to Simchas Yomtev. And we're going to challenge this. We previously learned the opposite. We learned that Rav Yehuda is actually lenient and the Chomer being machmir. How so? We learned in the Mishra. Rav Yudah Rav says, Shaykh L'Adam Basar, can I get a kli, can I get a kaifetz? This was yesterday's da'af. A person to let away meat against a knife. Or against a uh, against another clear against a knife. You're not allowed to use scales at all. Alma, you see from here, the rabbanon are the ones who are machmir. They say you can't use a scale for your meal to get meat for your meal. And Rabbi Yehuda's mekel, Rabbi Yehuda the kula of rabbanon lechomra. So now we have a contradiction. Why in the Mishnah is there is Rabbi Yehuda being machmir and here being mekel, and vice versa? Kashra Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda, Kashra Rabbanon, Rabbanon. We have a contradiction in Rabbi Yehuda. And a contradiction in the Rabbanon answers the Gemara. No, no contradiction. You know why? Because the case of the scales and the case of measuring something out in a measuring cup, a measuring pitcher, is different. How so? So let's see. Rebuda, 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 Rebuda is not a question. Why? Because 
excuse me, by the scales, <coughs> what are you putting on the other side of the scale? Something that's not meant to measure against. Okay? But hacha, but vamida. Over here, you're talking, taking a picture which is commonly measured with. So I'll say, listen, when you use a scale, that's a weekday type of activity. But over here, we could be, we, over here, we could be makel. You know why? By the picture, we're the ones who are makel and allow you to use this, this kli that can be measured because it's not a weekday activity. This, this uh, could be done both weekday and on a regular day. And therefore, the two conversations by one, um, one could be machmir, another one, the same one can be makel. Okay? Another way to understand the machlek is Rebidu Mechachamim. Rav Amarav says, Maya Balei B'mida. What do we mean in the Mishnah that we learn together? What does it mean that you're allowed to say, fill up this vessel, Balei B'mida? Anupshat. Previously, we said, Balei B'mida means you shouldn't use um, an official, uh, I'm sorry, you shouldn't use a pit, a, a, a kli that can be measured. Okay? <coughs> that was Pshat number one. Let's see Pshat number two. Rav Amar. Rava says, it means <clears throat> that we shouldn't be Zaycher, we shouldn't remember, mention the name of the Midah, the name of the measurement. Don't say gallon, half gallon, 16 ounces. But if you have a vessel that we know what the measure is, as long as you don't say it, and it's not part of the conversation, just say it. Rabbi comes to say, "You can't do it." Same question. <coughs> and we're just going to go back and forth, do the same exact thing. In Rabbi's answer, also, he's coming out there. Yehuda's being machmir. But in our Mishnah, we learned the opposite. Rabbi was makel to Tanan. Rabbi Yehuda, Aimer, you're allowed to weigh shaykel adam basar. You're allowed to weigh meat against the vessel or against the knife. You can't deal with a scale at all. You see, Rabbi Yehuda is lenient with the meal. Not strict, like we just said. Rabbi Yehuda is one who is lenient. And the Rabbana being machmir. Contradiction, Rabbi Yehuda. Contradiction, and the Rabbana. Same question. Says the Gemara. A similar answer, but not exactly the same answer. Because over here, you're using a vessel that's not meant for measuring. But, right, by the, um, by the weight, we're allowing it because uh, you're, you're measuring it against a knife or something that's not meant for measuring. But over here, the kli is a measuring kli. So therefore, I'll be machmi here. Because by the by the scale, it's a weekday type of activity. But by the filling up of the vessel, it, just because you know what the measurement is, doesn't make it a weekday activity. Yeah. Um, just because you're pouring wine and measure and, and into a measuring type cup, uh, into a measuring type of cup, doesn't make it a weekday activity. Because even these measuring pitchers, if somebody, if a guest comes over, a friend comes over for wine, they very commonly would use them regularly, even on a Shabbos and Yom Tif, Therefore, it's not called, it's not called Ovda Dechayl. Period. Two dots. 
Beautiful. Now let's get into this fascinating Gemara. Okay, fascinating Gemara that's going to take us on to Amud Beis and Bez Hashem allow us to finish the Perek today, this evening. All right, so let's go. Two dots. Gvaldik. Maisev Abishol Ben Butnis is a story with Abishol Ben Butnis. He was always careful to fill up his pitchers before Yomtiv. Tana we learned. He also filled up his pitchers on Cholamayr. Why? Because of Bittel base Medrash. Now, what is Bittel base Medrash? Let's keep reading. Tanu Rabbanon. Listen to this. Tanu Rabbanon, the rabbis learned in Sochuri. Hukana Shleish Meis Garbe Yayin. Abishol ben Butnis was a big wine cellar. And listen to this. He had 300 barrels of wine, just with his leftovers. Okay? Now I'll explain in a moment what that is. And his friends had 300 barrels of oil because of what was lost from the measurements. Okay? Explain the moment. Um, and they brought these in front of the treasurers of the base Mikdash of Yerushalayim. These 300 barrels of wine, 300 barrels of oil. The Chavim said, What you're doing is above and beyond anything that's obligated. They said to the Gizber, Well, let me tell you something. Even if we're not obligated, we still don't want it. Don't give it to the base Amikdash, give it to communal needs. Titania, learn to the Brisa, Gezel, Beni Gezel. He steals something, you don't know who to give it back to. Okay? You should use it for public needs. At least the person who you took it from, whoever that person may be, will have some sort of benefit back from it. My Ninu, what are considered Sarchirabim, Mamar of Chista, Gbara Sichim Aretz. Right, reservoirs, water pit, uh, you know, uh, water pits, so on and so forth. Um, things that the public needs. So whoever you stole from ultimately will somehow, in a small way, get back from this amount. Period. I want to explain what just happened. Okay, if you're confused, that's fine. Let's uh, let's explain. It's a beautiful. There's a beautiful, beautiful gemara. Listen to what happened. Whenever you pour into a cup into a pitcher, into a barrel. There's always a drop that a little bit later, they're settling. And it's never up to the tippy, tippy, tippy top once it settles. As careful as a person wants to be when they fill it up, there's a little bit on top that ultimately has to settle and makes it not complete. Now this is expected whenever you sell it to somebody. People don't expect you to get it to the tippy tippy tip. Abishol ben Butnis was concerned, though, that it's Geneva. He says he's selling a gallon. And even though his consumers knew what a gallon means, right, it means minus a drop, but what he would do is that he would estimate how much was missing from each barrel that he sold 
and it was so much that he ended up with 300 barrels of wine from what he estimated was wine that settled that he cheated his customers out of, so to speak. That his customers really deserved what they didn't end up with because they needed to leave and it needs to settle. And this was in complete agreement with them, but still. So he came to the Beis HaMikdash to donate these, this wine and oil. And they said, you don't need to do this, come on. He said, he said, yeah, even so, I feel like it's not mine. So they said, okay, very nice, you feel like it's not yours, but don't give it to the Beis HaMikdash, because if you feel that it belongs to Yidin, you should give it to communal needs. This way the Yidin who, you, who purchased from you should have some sort of direct impact from this 300, uh, this 300 barrels. So ultimately what he did was he gave it to the community. That's ultimately what he did. But he did this all, why? He was ultra, ultra careful on, uh, on Geneva. What a, you know, what a, a beautiful, beautiful Gemara. Okay. Advery Rav Chista used to walk with Rabbana Ukva, the Darash, and he gave a drasha. A person shall measure barley and put it in front of his animal on Yomtev. Okay? Because even though you're feeding your animal, Rashi explains, people measure usually when they're selling it. So you shouldn't do that on Yomtev, even if you're going to put it in front of your animal. You're allowed to take out a kav or kabayim. Okay, kind of like in, uh, this is a, a weight. But nice in the front and put it in front of your animal. Okay? Why? Because you're using a scoop, and Rashi explains that that wasn't done in the way of selling. So there's something nicker here. There's something recognizable here. No concern. Also, a baker is allowed to measure out spices and put it into his kadera, put it into his pot, his soup, in order to taste his his uh, food and make sure that it has the right um, the, that it has the right recipe and the right amount of spices. Okay, so usually you're not allowed to measure because it looks like you're selling it. But if a person is a is a, you know in the food business where you're doing it, it's very clear you're not doing it to sell, but you're doing it for the purpose of those who are eating the food. It's going to be allowed. Let's go. Rav Barabo says in the name of Rav. A woman can measure out her kamach, her flour on Yomtiv. And place it inside of her dough. So that she could give a lot of chala. Okay, it looks good. And uh, we, she wa- uh, women want to make sure they do their mitzvahs properly. Particularly the mitzvah of chala. A mitzvah that is special to women. A man also would be obligated, but this is one of the women's mitzvahs. So, uh, we, we allow a woman to measure because she's doing it for her love of the mitzvah. Shmuel Amar, but Shmuel says Aser. It's still not allowed. I have a turn to be Shmuel Mutter. How can you tell me Shmuel says Aser? Shmuel's yeshiva quotes him to say that it's allowed for a woman to measure out her chala, her mitzvah of chala. Amar Abayi, hashtag Amar Shmuel Aser, v'tani to be Shmuel Mutter. 
Now that we have a contradiction, we turn to Amud Beis. Shmuel Allah Khalamaisa Asalashmina. And it must be that Shmuel is coming to let us know that um that um what we should say, halacha is no, that it's not allowed uh, to take exact measurements. Okay. Now, what about if somebody did it? Seder. So they did it. The Misa, you know, it's valid. The Misa worked. But the Chatchila, ideally, if somebody comes and asks, according to Shmuel, a person should refrain from exact measurements. Okay. Now we're going to get into an interesting Gemara. It's going to take us all the way to the Mishnah, which has to do with sifting flour. We know you're not allowed to sift. Okay? You're not allowed to sift, not allowed to separate the chaff from the flour. What we're going to get into is sifting in unusual fashions and also sifting after sifting. Because once flour is sifted, it's already fit to be used. But sometimes they would sift it again to just improve the, the flour power, you know? Um, but is that called sifting once it's sifted? So let's go. Turn up on the rabbis and so should we. If you now let us sift flour again, meaning for a second time. On Yontif. No, shining. You're allowed to do it a second time. There's no problem because you're just doing this to improve your flour. You're not doing it to separate. Bishavim, everyone agrees. That if, let's say, a stone or a case uh, uh, or a um, is a piece of wood, a little shashayin, that you're allowed to do it again, okay? Because over here it's very clear that you're doing it l'tzarech achila. You're doing it because you you need to be able to eat. Tanya tarek the ravina ain't shining kemach biyamtiv. I'm on nafal tzarech kisem biyada. The way to do it is you gotta you can't re-sift, you can't sift it. You're gonna be obligated to pick it out with your hand. Amar lei kolsh kein daser. What do you mean? How can you pick out the, the, the wood or the stone? It's bayer. So Darash Rava Baravuna Zutia Biswa Dinar Gosh he says the Lachalamaisa, you're allowed to sift flour for a second time on Yantif Amlur of Nachman. Rav Nachman said, go and tell Abba Shakila Tibusach Ustadi Yachirai. That, uh, you know, very nice um, that you want to be makel and you want to say that you're allowed to sift flour for a second time on Yom Tiv, But I want to tell you that it ain't no Chiddush. Yeah? It's not the biggest novel idea. We already know that this is what Klai Yisrael is doing. Go out and see how much how much, uh, how many different sifting instruments Hadram in our door are going around our door. Meaning, Kal Yisrael is doing this already. Uh, this is not, and therefore I know it's allowed. You're not telling me a major chiddush. Okay. A couple of stories to end off before the Mishnah. The Bisud Rav Yosef, Nala Kimcha Gavid the Mohuta. Rav Yosef's wife would sift her flour for the second time with a shinoi. Amar La and Rav Yosef said to his wife. He said, uh, listen, um, you don't have to do with the shinoi. You're allowed to re-sift it. That is the halacha. She would sift it also with a shinoi. Uh, it seems this means she would sift her flour 
onto the table as opposed to into a bowl. This way the flour fell onto the table. That was considered a shinoi. And again, this is for the, a second sifting, not an initial sifting. I married the daughter of Rami Rachama. I know my shver, my father-in-law was very, very careful. And if she got this from her father's house, uh, she, she, that, that must be where she's getting it from. If her father would not, who, who was very makbid on halacha, allowed this to take place in his house, it must be that that is the Allah. What the Gemara is passing, Allah is that it is permitted to sift flour for a second time. Once it's sifted, you're allowed to sift it again. Period. We're now up to the Mishnah, right in the middle of Chav Tes Amud Beis, 29b. Here we go. Zok the Mishnah. Very interesting Mishnah. Just to give the outline of what we're going to be saying. Okay? What we're allowed to say is Gemara is going to wrap up this topic. When you go buy something from somebody on Yom Tif, again, you have to stay away from prices and weights. But you don't need to stay away from numbers necessarily. Because numbers are commonly used between neighbors. You could say, you know, you might say, I need three eggs. So you can go to a, a, somebody who's got eggs on Yom Tif and say, a seller, even a seller, say, I need three eggs. That's not considered an expression of purchase. Okay? So that's what we're going to learn about. You have to stay away from, on Yom Tif, you have to stay away from measurements, and you got to stay away from weights. But numbers, not necessarily so. All right, let's learn this inside. Let's go. Zok the Mishnah. Zok the Mishnah. You're allowed to go to a chenveni, a storekeeper who you know. Okay? You're good friends with the guy. So he could charge you after Yom Tif. You guys already have a standing relationship. You're allowed to say to this guy, Please give me a certain amount of eggs, a certain amount of nuts. Because even in our own home, without going to purchase something, we use numbers. We'll say, please, I need X amount of eggs. I need X amount of nuts. The rabbis learned, and that's why the rabbis, A person's allowed to go to a raya. A person's allowed to go to a shepherd who you know. And say to the shepherd, Please give me a goat or a sheep. You want to go to a butcher? And you say to the butcher, um, Please, I'll take a calf, I'll take a shoulder, uh, a shoulder, or I'll take a yarach, I'll take a thigh. Again, you're talking about body parts. You're not talking about weights. You're not getting involved in prices. It's a patam ragletzlai. There were people who used to take chickens to fatten them up and give them back. And you say, Oh, give me a dove, give me a pigeon. It's on Achdam Regal, so you want to go to a baker. All these things are allowed because people talk in these terms. So you could even use this on Yom Tif, just because the guy owns a store. You're still refraining from, um, you're still refraining from words and requests that have to do with with um, a business transaction. Please give me 
various types of bread. A store owner, twenty eggs, fifty nuts, fraskin, ten peaches, five uh, five uh, pomegranates. It sounds like he's giving uh, my wife's uh, schnooks list over here. The esr gachot and one esr. Oh, taka, that one the uh, schnooks doesn't carry yet. As long as you don't talk about weights, as long as you don't talk about numbers, as long as you don't talk about prices, you're allowed to mention numbers. Okay? And you have to make sure when you do this that you stay away from any sort of mention of the price. On Yamtiv. Hadron Allah ain't sodden. Hadron Allah ain't sodden. Hadron Allah ain't sodden. Mazeltov. Mazeltov. Mazeltov to everybody who finished the third parak of Meseches, uh, of Meseches Beya. Be'ezus Hashem tomorrow um, uh, after Marv. Be'ez Hashem. So Mincha uh, Marv is at 6.30. So let's call it for 7.30. Be'ez Hashem at 7.30 tomorrow. We will pick up with the, um, uh, we'll pick up with the fourth parak. We're going to get onto a very, very interesting topic in the next parak that has to do with of the dechayel. Okay, certain, uh, certain actions, which even though midoraisa, there's no issue performing them on yomtif, but they give off the they're more weekday type of activities, and because of of the dechayel, the rabbanu made gezeras, rabbanu made a takana to stay away from these types of activities. Really a fascinating, fascinating parak. And Bez Hashem will pick up from here tomorrow evening. A Gittenacht and a Guten Winter, everybody.